Welcome to the One Question Podcast, brought to you by Wabi Sabi Studios. I'm your host, Michelle Cox, and I love having unlikely conversations on uncomfortable topics. It's a huge passion of mine, so much so that I wrote a few books a while back that challenge people's notion on living a life more unconventionally. This entire podcast stems around one question. If there was one topic you wish society would talk more about, what would it be? What is it that might be calling you to step more into living a life that you really love? And for me, I don't always say yes. So I'm not pretending I do this all the time, but I have noticed that the big shifts in my life have happened when I have said yes. Susie Daphnis is probably one of the most unassumedly successful entrepreneurs I have ever come across. This woman is a powerhouse who has helped thousands of businesses and owners be incredibly successful, but she's so humble and down to earth, you'd never know all the famous shoulders that this woman has worked alongside in her incredible career. It just makes her all the more interesting in my mind. These days, Susie's big passion is helping women business owners create the impact, the income and the results they want through their businesses and to enable them to do something they love every day. She does that as a CEO of her business, a collaborative online membership community of women who are growing and scaling a business. Now, for over 27 years, her business has provided mentoring and training that has helped thousands grow sustainable businesses and move away from the so-called hobby businesses to profitable and large-scale companies. Susie first started her own business in a spare room of her home in her late 20s with no savings, no business degree, and she built that into an $18 million business with 45 staff and offices in Australia, New Zealand, and the US. No mean feat. Susie is passionate about personal development and the inner game of being an entrepreneur. The mindset, confidence, and willingness to show up as yourself every single day. She has a real love of learning and knowledge and is an incredible early adopter of social media and technology, a real trailblazer in the world. Susie has been podcasting and running online training since 2007, long before most people even knew what podcasting was. She's a multi-award-winning business owner herself. It's her generous soul and real interest in others that I've been taken by in the years I've been admiring Susie from afar. She's had such an interesting career journey that I cannot wait to hear where our conversation heads. Susie Daphnis, it is fabulous to have you on the One Question podcast. Welcome. Hey, it's exciting to be here. I've been really looking forward to it. Susie, you are such an expert in um, public speaking and having authors and people that you've looked after for years. So, uh, you know, I'm going to try and keep my A game happening here. (laughs) But if there is one thing that you wish society would talk more about, what would it be? It would be about saying yes more often. Oh, I love that. That's a very cool topic. Saying yes. What do you mean by that? So one of the things that I found kind of sets the condition for us to have amazing breakthroughs in our lives is to say yes to invitations. And so whether it's an invitation like me being here on the show with you today, or whether that invitation is a yearning that we have for wanting to do something, to go from here to being here. And I know this isn't a podcast, but I'm using my arms to go from where you are now to where you wanna be. Whether the invitation is a literal invitation or whether it is a curiosity 
that you have about something that you want to explore. And so often these invitations are coming at us and often they're asking us to get right outside of our comfort zone. They're asking us to extend ourselves, to reach beyond where we are right now. And that can be a little bit scary. And so what I would love people to do more is to say yes to those sometimes big, sometimes not so big, sometimes really scary, sometimes just a little bit uncomfortable opportunities to say yes in order to have a breakthrough. Mm, It's funny you say that and as a topic because it was just before I went away, you know, just having come back from Europe and our first holiday for a long time, and I kind of got into this mind frame of that, like, Things were happening and I was like, I'm just going to say yes to everything. Yes. You know? <laughs> and I don't know why or where. Maybe I listened. Maybe I heard you on a podcast somewhere, Susie. I don't know. But it was just that, you know, saying yes to life. It was kind of, you know, going through a bit of a rut with winter and I hate, you know, I'm a summer baby, so not feeling great and not feeling just a little bit miserable. And I was like, all right, I need to shake this off. I need to try something different. So it was, you know, yeah, girlfriend asked, do you want to meet for coffee? Yes, of course I will too. Do you want to just say go on a podcast or do you want to try this new project? Do you want to try this new piece of food or whatever? Like it was just, I'm just going to say yes to everything for a week and see how I feel. So what a beautiful concept. How do you introduce that into life or how do you help people to, you know, embrace that more? It's something that I've done. And when I look back at all the big pivot points in my life and in my business, it was always when I said yes. And I was just recently addressing just under 300 women at our annual conference. And so my topic that day was was this, because what I see every single day is women who are raising families or women who are taking care of their elders, women who are in corporate careers, women who are growing a business. And we get so busy in the busyness that we can find ourselves in a little bit of a just along the same tracks all the time. And so we might make these little incremental improvements in our revenue, in our relationships, in our careers. But in order for us to take the bigger leaps, We need to do something different. And what I found was that for me, those times were when I said yes to different opportunities. And one of the very first ones, I was only about two years into my business and we were still trying to figure out what we stood for, what the great revenue model was, what we were doing. And a friend who I'd known from a job I had been in invited me to go to Singapore because he had written a book and he was releasing a board game. And he said, why don't you and PJ, PJ's my partner, come on over to Singapore. We didn't have a whole lot of money and we thought, I don't know, why would we go? But something, and you know that feeling, it's like something was like, oh, that's kind of an interesting invitation. All right. And so we scraped together the money and we went along. And that opened up the doors for a business partnership that went for 10 years and that brought in literally millions and millions of dollars and allowed us to help hundreds of thousands of people. When, during that trip to Singapore, at the end of one day, we were sitting in the bar, eating peanuts and drinking beer and decided that we were going to say yes to working together. But had I not put myself in the opportunity, in the way of that opportunity, had I not said yes to the first door that was just creaking open the second door wouldn't have opened up and then the next door and the next door which has since opened up from that one saying yes and like I said sometimes it's just we sit in fear I mean I know I could you know you could call me and say hey Susie should we go out for a drink and I'm already in my Ugg boots and I'm sitting by the telly and I'll probably go oh I don't know I'm kind of comfortable here but that's that scenario but that's the same metaphor of I've been in this job for a long time or but I've always done business this way 
or I've always marketed this way. I mean, my or I've always done this type of exercise, whatever it is, we kind of get in a little rut. And so it's hard to have a breakthrough, whether you're trying to lose five kilos or whether you're trying to go to that next C-level job, whether you're trying to hire that next employee. When we start to think about what could I be saying yes to? Is it getting a mentor? Is it bringing on a new team member? Is it hiring that marketing agency? Is it going to that retreat? or doing that personal development course, what is it that might be calling you to step more into living a life that you really love? And for me, I don't always say yes. So I'm not pretending I do this all the time, but I have noticed that the big shifts in my life have happened when I have said yes. Everything you were just saying there about that particular example of going to Singapore, it started to make me think about a a little piece of work I did a few years ago and thinking, oh, I should do that again. It's that old kind of sense of you can't join the dots until you're looking back, you know, like your years down Yes, I think that's a Steve Jobs quote. Yeah, yeah. actually. And so you saying about all those elements of taking, you know, the risk and, you know, those chances and the things about, you know, that were catalysts and massive kind of changes in your life that you could actually join the dots. And I thought, I really need to do that exercise again about some of the key elements that have you know, got me to where I am today and some of those things that you love the most have made you happier or the most successful or you've met the most amazing people. And what was it that happened that led to that? Often it's that, to your point of a saying yes, which you're simplifying it, but I feel in my experience, and I'm curious to dig a bit with you on this, is that they're often almost decisions that are a little bit hard to use the analogy of you know you're comfy you're on your couch you're in your you know trackies and got a glass of wine and then you've got this opportunity to go to this awesome event you're like oh god you know we're classic we were talking off air where I met one of your business partners and colleagues Michelle um, Falzon that opportunity to go to that same conference was on a whim I was already in Tasmania and our dear again mutual friend Tina Tower had said come to Byron like, when are you back from Tassie? She said, I've got this retreat. I've got, someone's got COVID. They can't come. There's one place left. Why don't you come? And I was like, no, no, no. I'm in Tasmania. Like, I get back <laughs> tomorrow. I've got to be home. I have been at home, you know, I've been away for a week. And she goes, no, 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 you don't understand. This place is amazing. It's three days and the people. And the same, I like, I really struggled with that. And I was like, okay, yes, I'm coming. And it's been life-changing. Like all the things, the people I met, it was amazing. Oh, so, I you know, love classic that. little example. And that's what I mean by that breakthrough. It was life-changing. You know, they're not words that people typically use, Just they just throw around. It was a big pivot point. I remember in the year 2000, I was invited to open an office in the US. I had an events company at the time and one of the people we represented, a very well-known author, was about to go on the Oprah show. And he had previously invited us to open an office in the US and we went, no, 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 we've got this fabulous, it was a seven-figure business, we had a team of staff. No, that sounds like a stretch. We're already got our hands full running this business. I think at the time we had about 15 or 20 staff. And he said, Oprah called. He said, I'm serious, things are about to change. And I would really love for you and PJ to come and run the events side of this organization in the US. And it felt like a much bigger risk to say yes, because we could just lose everything that we'd spent six years building than it was to say no. But again, something was like, this feels like one of those invitations that might open up the door to all sorts of things. And one of the goals that PJ and I had set, once we found our feet in our business, we had said that we wanted to be financially free by the time that PJ was 40. Now, PJ's three years older than me. 
And so we had set our sights on this goal. And what financially free meant for us was that we would have investments that would pay for our lifestyle. So then we could work because we wanted to work and because we enjoyed what we were doing. And so going to the US, taking that risk, putting in place a CEO, firing that CEO remotely, putting in place another CEO, bringing in middle managers, this was even before the internet was what it was and communication was what it was. It was so risky to say yes to that invitation. But it was in that time that we realized that financial dream. It was in that time that we met goal after goal after goal in our business that we had set, but we didn't know how we would get there. But it was saying yes to this one invitation, which, as I said earlier, opened up doors, opened up doors, opened up doors. So there's that door. So there I am. I'm in the US. The company's doing well. We're being recognized in the media. And there's another door that starts to open up, an invitation that comes. And it is for a television show. And at this point, I am like, never in a million years. Thank you very much. I'm not a TV person. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> and so they knock on the door again, or, you know, metaphorically. So this is for you to go on and have, this like, is have for your me. own TV show. Oh, my no, God. No, for me to amazing. be on a TV show, for me to be on a TV show. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm a business owner. I don't know anything about television. Anyway, it ended up being what is now the precursor to Shark Tank. But at the time, for me, it felt like the most ridiculous invitation. And why would I ever take it? Here I am. I'm a business owner. I'm not on television. But again, something said, you know what, you're being stretched here. You're being taken in this direction for a reason. So I said no to them twice. The third time, they're like, look, just come in and have a chat. And so I came in, of course, they talked me into it. But actually, when I left, I said, I'm making no commitments. And I thought, shit, okay, you know you're going to do this, right? You're going to do this. You're going to be terrified. You're going to do it. And it was terrifying, but it opened up so many doors, right? Because the publicity that came out of that, the people I got to meet. It was called The Dragon's Den. Yeah. I didn't know you were on that. Amazing. Yeah. No, I used to watch all those shows before Shark Tanks came. Yeah. So they're just a couple of examples. But, you know, they don't always have to be that public. Like a lot of mine are kind of very public facing. But it's anything that is pulling at you that is an opportunity for you to grow. I just invite you to say yes, even if it feels uncomfortable. Yeah. I, so I want to take us back to, I mean, pick one of those because they're pretty significant decisions. Maybe the one, you know, where your business was established and it was a big thing to, you know, go to another country to sort of leave all that, as you say, put a CEO in place. What plays through your mind with that? How do you go through a decision sort of making matrix or do you rely a lot on gut feel? What's your kind of process? I think I have that combination of that left and right brain approach. So firstly, PJ is a lot more analytical, numbers oriented on the data. I go much more with feeling. However, I also go with, okay, what is my knowledge gap between where I am now and where I want to be? And if sometimes we won't say yes, because we're like, well, I don't know. I don't know how to start a business in another country or how to have two teams or how to work over two time zones. So the bit for me that is, I guess I'm calling it left brain, is that I do need to put in system a plan in place. I need to have a system in place. I need to put some training in place. So whether it was when we moved to the US and had to bring on someone to make sure the role descriptions were really solid, to make sure the reporting lines were solid, to make sure our communication uh, was going to work between the two countries and how were we going to manage that like I needed to put some structure in place and I needed to do some training and get some mentoring on, okay, now you were the kingpin. Now you've got a CEO and you've got middle managers. What do you, how do you let go more? 
and let and them do what they do country, and, and living in another country and I've got a different team yeah. a different team over here yeah. plus it was a business it was an events business so we were on the road the truth Lots is that after a few years it, it really burnt me out mm. so anyway we ended up moving back to Australia selling the business doing a few different things but even that the decision to stop doing something is an invitation you know, that thing that's chewing away at our mental space or that's chewing away at your bank account or that's chewing away at your energy. And I found after 13 years and 45 staff and multiple countries that what was calling for me to say yes to was to pause, mm, to stop for a moment, okay. to do something different. So different. As a person that is a doer and, you know, you're you're always on the go and anyone that knows you, you're very energetic, you know, high, like in your, um, so fit and active. So that would be really hard for you to do, I imagine. I can't imagine you pausing. <laughs> I didn't pause for long, but I paused for long enough to decide what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. <laughs> so it took me about two years after I sold my business to say yes with focusing on one thing. It was not just one, but on one main thing. And my passion has always been supporting people have transformations through their businesses and using their businesses as a vehicle for creating the life that they love. And so for me, that was now putting all my energy into what had been a passion project, which was working with women business owners. But then once I'd sold the business and figured, I had to figure out who I was again without my other business because so much of my identity was tied up with that, that I started to think about, okay, what is pulling me forward now? What do I want to say yes to? And I wanted to say yes to this organization that I run now but something also had to shift I had to say yes to a different way of doing it because I didn't want to schlep my bag around the country anymore you know one year in our events business I'd spend over 300 nights in hotel rooms and having been in tourism and travel you know what it's like right to being around it was a killer it was a killer and it was full-on and so then it was saying yes to a new business model that was scary to take an offline business that used to do association-style meetings in different cities to going totally online and running our very first webinar in 2006 when nobody knew what that was. But we were going, yes, we are going to be an online business. Yes, we're going to figure this out. Yes, people will keep ringing us saying, I don't know where to park for the webinar. And we're going to say, just park your butt right where you are. <laughs> we're coming to you. And to be, as I was saying to you off air, to be in podcasting early, to do things early and saying yes to, I'm going to shift the way that I do business, I'm not going to, you know, have the same business model that I've had because it's easier to keep doing what we've always done, sometimes even with diminishing results, than to say yes to something that looks totally different where we're a learner, we've got our white belt back on. It's challenging. Yeah, it's interesting. And there's two elements. I mean, I want to sort of pull on there. One is around, you know, you're such a trailblazer. Like, as you say, you've been do you were doing podcasting years before anyone else ever did. Where does that come from, Susie? It probably then leads into the second part is you, you strike me as a person that's a bit of a lifelong learner. You know, you're always kind of learning and have that zest to learn new things and to challenge yourself. And it kind of comes into the whole topic because I think, you know, you and I are quite similar in that regard. Like I just, I'm a big sponge and I love to learn from lots of people. <laughs> and so I, I think it kind of makes you be uh, you know, a yes person in a good way. Because people say, don't be a yes person. But <laughs> it's a good a thing. Good <laughs> yeah, it's like, there's a good way to be a yes person. So talk to me a bit about that. Like how, you know, as a sort of a lifelong learner and how you bring that in and then, or how do you introduce that? If you're not naturally like that, like us, how do you introduce that into your life? And then also the trailblazing side, like where do you get your ideas and inspo and stuff from? And, you know, in order to take that leap and to be brave 
into a new business or a new idea or a new industry that no one else is even doing. So it's a huge risk. I want to start with the learner question because um, when I was leaving school many, many, many years ago, I didn't know what I wanted to be, but I knew that I loved learning. And so at first I thought I was going to be a teacher. But as life would have it, life at home got really complicated and I ended up leaving home a few a couple of months before my high school certificate. And so I barely passed having done my exam sitting on beanbag in one room, my, my brother and his friends were doing goodness knows what in the other room. <laughs> And so I had to earn a living and so doing further education got sidelined and being a teacher, I didn't really like the school system. I just liked learning and I liked mm. the idea of teaching. It's funny because I can completely relate. I think can you? schools are broken and hated, you know, did the fastest diploma in sort of a degree to get out of uni as fast as I could. But I've always been, I love learning. So there's learning. something wrong, isn't and it? And to this day, yeah, right, because I had to find other ways. I had to find other environments where the learning fit my way of learning. It was more experiential. It, there were no right and wrong answers. There was just the opportunity to grow and learn. And so whether it's been books or seminars, and I have carted myself all around the world to be in front of the most amazing mentors. And these days we can do a lot of that online, of course. But I'm always putting myself in a learning situation where whether I'm learning a new marketing technique or whether I'm learning more about people. Mindset is very big for me. I'm very much into my personal education and have always done that. And I even do that within our community in her business. It's as much about the outer game of business and the strategies that you need to plan and technology and marketing and systems and all those things as it is about grit and mindset and resilience and imposter syndrome and all those things. Knowledge is my highest value. And so with then the innovation, I don't know. I don't know where that comes from. I would never have thought of myself as uh, someone who would trailblaze as we have done in our industries. And to give you an example, going back to our idea of yes, when we were running our events business and we started our events business and we would bring mostly American speakers and authors to Australia and we would look around at the competition. Sorry, can I just stop? For people listening, you worked with, it's Guy Kiyosaki, wasn't it, for many years? Not Guy, Robert Kiyosaki. Robert Kiyosaki, being fun. I was getting confused with the other guy. Yeah, so, I have worked uh, with Guy Kawasaki, oh, okay. but that was different. <laughs> but Robert Kiyosaki is the author of Rich Dad Poor Dad, who we represented uh, and had a business partnership, a 50-50 partnership in so Australia. So it's not like just anyone low-key. Like they're huge, you know, for a lot yeah, of people. Big names. I know. Actually, I bought that book for many people in my early years that weren't great at money, and I was like, right, you know, trying to help them to um, – you know, be better with their finances. So, yeah. It's well, it continues to be life. one of the best-selling uh, personal finance books. But what had happened was we started this seminar business and we thought, okay, we'll put people together, we'll put them on a stage, and that was the idea, that was the model that was out there. I had worked, but after two years of trying to get it to work, it didn't seem to be working like we wanted. I had worked for Virgin in my 20s, and what came to me one day was the way that record labels treat artists. So... They kind of lock them up exclusively. I don't mean that like lock them up. You know what I mean? They sign them up with exclusive deals and then they represent them, merchandising, concerts, like they own that brand. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, what if we applied that model but to our seminar business? And what if we represented a number of artists exclusively and not only did we put them on a stage but we published their books? We distributed their CDs and DVDs. We did all their merch. And that's what we ended up doing. And then people started to copy that. But I I can't tell you where that comes from. (laughs) I can't tell you where that comes from. But here's what that did then. Suddenly we were representing a speaker and we published his book and we distributed his board games. And that is the man, Robert Kiyosaki, you mentioned. So 1.25 million books later, we who didn't know anything about publishing books suddenly got very good at publishing and distributing 
networks and that whole ecosystem of, you know, having forklifts and warehouses and distributors and publicists and all those things. I don't know. I I can't answer the trailblazing one, but I, I love it. It's really allowed us to leap ahead many many times and I'm ready for the next thing because yeah oh I think you just never stop though right like when you and I wonder whether it is interrelated and you know just sort of listening to you speak then because you are constant learning and and actually get such a joy out of that as you say that no you know knowledge being your highest value it's a natural thing for you to learn and read and listen um, you know meet with others so you're always the idea generation is probably happening all the time is what I would envisage. So yes, then I'm sure PJ would to... wish it would stop sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Him and Dennis could have a drink together and then right? <laughs> So I, I wonder whether that's part of it. It is the learning that then helps with the thinking and then you see whether it's you see patterns or gaps or, you know, opportunities. Yeah, you start right? to join dots going back to yeah. your point. It's like, oh, okay. And then, you know, and having a break is such a good part of that when you because when we stop to pause there's a fabulous quote from a book called thank you for being late which our mutual friend valerie gave me and in it and i may not use the exact words there's this quote that says when you press pause on a machine it stops but when you press pause on human beings that's when they start and i find that so powerful because i notice that when i pause that's when these dots start to connect so, oh, okay, I worked in the record industry and that's their model and this is my business and that's how I could put that together. And so because the ideas are being generated all the time, it can just be just an idea generation fest and nothing's going together. It's when we can stop, recognise that there's something we want to do, there's a vision we have, there's somewhere we want to go, there's a way that we want to elevate ourselves. That and I think the knowledge together is what allows us to keep transforming and have these life-changing, upgrading experiences. Susie, what a beautiful way to bring this full circle. That's an amazing conversation and you've given so many great insights there and lots of things to think about, including myself. So thank you for sharing all that, uh, you know, your wonderful tips and for prompting us to say yes more often. I have loved this conversation. This is a thought that I need to keep reminding myself, Michelle, to be really honest, because like anyone, I can kind of get comfortable where I am. And I think sometimes, you know, you've had a very successful career. I've had successful businesses, as have you. And it can be harder to say yes when you've done well and you've succeeded because the possibility of botching it up the next time, I think, is amplified. I don't think it's more likely to happen, but I think the concern, like I'm on a good streak, why would I change things up now and try something totally new? You know, and you've gone into doing something totally different, you know, in your life, in your business, in your career. And I just encourage all of us to just keep leaning into that continuing to grow. You know, life is short in some ways, and yet in other ways there is so many things that we could explore and little corners we can dig into if we're just willing to say yes more often. Oh, I love that. It's so true. And I think, you know, as you talk about there with reputation, I think that was the key thing as we get kind of older and more experienced, we do get more nervous and hesitant to try new things because we're like, oh, okay, well now I have a bit of reputation and, you know, people know me as this person or this professional, or what are people going to think if I do stuff it up? And my kind of words to that is trying to take more of a playful approach and almost treat it as an experiment if that makes you feel better and we if we go into something new with that mindset we kind of feel that well it can fail and it can mess up because it's an experiment doesn't matter and so we're as nicer you know like for you saying say yes but say yes with you know no pressure 
you know, it's that sort of take that pressure off, isn't it? Which is a lovely kind of sentiment. Absolutely. And I love that idea of the experiment because we don't expect experiments to always work out. So I love that. Thank you, Michelle. Yeah. So divine to have one-on-one time with you. You're a very busy woman and, you know, you give so much time and effort into so many people in the community and, you know, lots of other businesses. So I really appreciate you coming to chat with us today and just how lucky I feel to have uh, this time with you one-to-one. Thank you, Susie. I feel honoured and thank you so much. I appreciate it so much. Well, there you have it. Wasn't that an incredible conversation? I hope you enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed bringing it to you. If you did like it, can I ask a small favour? Please rate and review on your listening platform for me. I know everyone asks this, but it seriously makes a difference to help get these conversations out in the world and makes all the hard work and effort I put into this for you all the more worthwhile. And until next time, if you have one question you'd like to ask me, hit me up on my socials or jump on my website, michellejcox.com.